Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the nacho edition. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, not to brag, I just ate the biggest plate of nachos. It was massive. In bed. She you did. Know? She did. Judge me, if you will. A lot of people have strong opinions on eating in bed. Um, I do as well, which is that it's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, I saw you in bed with your nachos and I didn't interrupt. <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, as you should. I just walked away and closed the door. Yeah. And slowly it. back away and then break into a run <laughs> break into a sprint leave that person alone yeah. they're they're living their best life yeah i'm gonna be alone with the burrito later so yeah i'm are. excited feel free <laughs> feel free to take the bed okay for a spin right. eating in bed i recommend everyone do it if, you know it's 2021 if you're not yeah. eating in bed yet um I, 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 teach the me the way, doing? actually, because uh, this bed is covered in nacho pieces, <laughs> and I want to be like you. Uh, here we are. Yes, it is 2021. It's our first episode. That's our first in-betweeny, yeah. uh, in-betweeny 017, and we wanted to start by thanking everyone yeah. who's been leaving reviews and rating us on Apple, or just tweeting out good vibes like Bex, who's fucking amazing. Uh, her Twitter or their Twitter handle is at Medibrat, M-E-D-I-B-R-A-T. Uh, they tweeted, binged three episodes while shoveling snow. Weird science shit with booze and laughs. Love this. I, I love that review. So, that's that amazing. Is, well, that is our podcast. That's, yeah, we, you know, this time with nachos. Uh, yeah. God. Shoveling snow. That's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, I'm glad we can make it bearable. Um, yes. Yes. God also, damn. Bex, you're awesome. And everyone else. We'll, and everyone uh, else. Yeah, is leave awesome. a review. We'll read it and we'll read your shit. You just got to email us at Well That's Interesting Pod and we'll create new episodes with okay. all your stuff. Bex, email us. What's your shoveling snow technique? Come on. Uh, know we'll talk one. about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting and informative. Also, if you have an eating in bed, technique yes i use a um what's it called a tray (laughs) advanced i use a tray i've been doing this for years um and it helps sometimes yeah just sometimes email us we want to know what implements what tools theories you know gadgets gadgets well let, let us know spread your knowledge share share uh today's in betweeny we're gonna talk about Two very different things. <laughs> well, that took place at the same time-ish, kind of. I don't yeah. know. Um, we're going to talk about fungus, and then we're going to talk about many, many balloons. And one of these is going to be the hero, and one of these is going to be the villain. Oh my god, which one is it going to be? <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I did get a little uh, spoiler on what this was going to be, or at least the topic, a few days ago. And I've been trying so hard not to ask questions because I'll walk by Jill's computer and just see the weirdest shit. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm just going to nope. pretend I didn't see that. Nope. Uh, these are these are my nachos. You just walk away. Exactly. <laughs> you just walk away. Back away. Back away. Uh, okay, so let's begin uh, our first half of this episode we need to travel to one of the most radioactive places on Earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Chernobyl in Ukraine. Oh, my. Uh, now, after the 1986 disaster, life found a way to exist. Plants and flowers blossomed. Birds reappeared. 
Even large mammals like dogs, wolves, and bears were spotted. Amazing. Um, one of the first to reemerge was a black fungus. Ah. Yes. In 1991, it wasn't seen outside in the wild or growing within abandoned homes. Mm. Uh, inside the Chernobyl nuclear reactor itself, this fungus was spreading right out of its walls. Oh my god. Yeah, walls that were like bathed in gamma rays just five years before. Is the, is the fungus okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I'm crazy. Not, I'm worried. worried. I never thought worried I about... I'm worried for the fungus. Yes. <laughs> well, check this out. Now, heads up, gamma rays are pretty much the fucking worst. Yeah. Uh, killing living cells like blowing out a candle and damaging DNA itself. Oh. Uh, it takes several inches of lead or feet of concrete to even stop a wave of gamma rays. Um, the Earth's extraordinary powerful magnetic field, for example, is the only thing protecting us from the radiation, aka gamma rays, mm. being shot at us from the sun and exploding stars. Wow. So <laughs> that's okay. the kind of shit you need to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, so it seems completely illogical that something as small and fragile as a fungus mm. is not only growing in the harshest, deadliest place, but thriving and, and living its best fungi life. Mm. The stuff is actually growing towards the radiation. What? And its source. Yeah. And it's living its best <laughs> fungi life. That's right. I, I want that on a, on a mug. <laughs> oh, you, you have so many mugs that we have to create. Oh, God, so many. So many. Okay, so what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Uh, well, since 2007, scientists have been trying to safely collect and study how this black fungus is able to do its thing. And, and the answer is basically skin deep. Mm -hmm. Huge amounts of melanin that creates its color would like normally absorb light. Right. Uh, it's now in this environment absorbing all the ambient radiation and converting that into energy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> quoting... It's a genius. <laughs> it's a genius. Quoting Jack Elsom's article in the Daily Mail, quote, the same way in which plants convert carbon dioxide and chlorophyll into oxygen and glucose via photosynthesis, the fungi snapped up deadly rays which allowed it to produce energy. This process, hailed radiosynthesis, has captured the attention of scientists because it's because of its potentially revolutionary implications. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. Fuck yeah. My immediate thought is like, can we use this? Like, how, how can we use this to help maybe people who have been exposed to radiation? Can we use yes. this in places? Can we somehow... Yeah, how do we harness this... Harness this amazing little, thing. Little fungi. Little fungi. What a... Aw. Um, so, yeah, exactly right. Cancer patients undergoing chemo, plant and disaster cleanup workers, and even astronauts will all be impacted by the technology that will sprout, no pun intended, oh. from what develops. Uh, quoting allthatsinteresting.com. In 2018, a sample of black fungus C. sephirospermum. Well done. I, I saw the words. <laughs> Nailed it. Thanks. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, it was sent aboard the International Space Station to test its radiation-absorbing properties in space. Mm -hmm. The results of that study, which were published this year and that 2020, wow. uh, showed that the fungus managed to block 2% of incoming radiation it received, all while, get this, healing itself and multiplying. Oh, my God. Yeah. So by using this, this little fungi... Uh, we'd actually be helping it while it helps 
us. Exactly. I, I love something too. nice came out of 2020. <laughs> Look did. at that. Look <laughs> at was, that. And it was radioactive black fungi. Uh, nice. Yeah. So this fungus maybe could like clean up future disaster sites, which you were just brought up. Yeah. Uh, and putting some form of its molecules inside a pill or a suit as a potential radiation blocker would be awesome as fuck. Yeah. For patients on Earth and space travelers beyond. Mm. Um, Our fungus friend doesn't break down, mutate, or develop cancer under extreme exposure. So just like you said, this may be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. I love that. That's right. Now, (laughs) after the break, we're going to talk about uh, the time one million balloons, actually over one million balloons, may have led to the deaths of two men. Oops. (laughs) Oh, God. Please stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We're back with a new appreciation for fungi. Oh my God, so much appreciation. It's bursting. I love fungi. I was a little mad at it the time there was a flood in my bedroom in Bushwick and there was weird fungus all over the wall. Um, But that's a story for another time. My tune has changed. There you go. I like it now. We've 
you know, we've, we've flipped you. It's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we're returning to the year 1986. Uh, now it's mostly known for the Chernobyl disaster. So you may have never heard of the Cleveland Balloon Fest disaster of the same year. I'm so pumped. This is the funniest sounding thing I've ever heard. I know. I also didn't realize it was in Cleveland, which for whatever reason makes it even funnier. (laughs) Yeah. um, Now, as with most catastrophes, it all started with good intentions. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) funny if it started with bad intentions we're gonna we're gonna ruin cleveland with balloons (laughs) some evil fucking clown (laughs) um well it started with the united way uh then now the united way is a nonprofit that helps other nonprofits, communities schools unions really any organization that needs help fundraising get the support they need to do so so yeah uh, the city of Cleveland at the time was down on its luck, and the local chapter of the United Way was also pretty much broke. So they decided to team up and hold an event that would not only raise money, but give Cleveland a little PR makeover uh, as an up-and-coming new American city. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what screams cutting edge in the future? You guessed it. Balloons. Yes. That's right. That's right. Of course. <laughs> Why didn't I shout that immediately? <laughs> Not just one balloon. We're talking 1,429,643 balloons. Okay. Yes. Now, the plan was, on September 27th, 1986, nearly one and a half million balloons were to be released all at once in Cleveland's public square, thus creating a surreal multicolored show and breaking the Guinness world record for number number of like balloons released at one time. Okay. Now, the event was coordinated by Balloon Art by Treb. Oh. And uh, yes, a Los Angeles-based company that really took their time in planning it. Yeah. Uh, they really tried to dot every I and cross every T to make the city of Cleveland proud. Mm. Now, would you like to read a brief quote revealing a little insight into their hard work? I would love to. All right. All right. So we're quoting uh, ultimateclassicrock.com. That's right. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Uh, quote, a lot of technical research and research through city permits, through the city permits, it's endless. It's absolutely astonishing to try to get something like this off. Explained uh, Treb Heining, uh, the man in charge of the balloon launch. Uh, this is a prime example of what United Way is trying to do in terms of saying, Cleveland, it's your time. It's time to say yes. It's time to say it is a happening city. We're on the move. It's no longer the butt of jokes. Go, like I quote. did earlier. <laughs> we love you, Cleveland. God damn you. it. We love you. Now, uh, bright and early on the morning of the 27th, volunteers, about 2,500, sat under a tent the size of a city block, and they filled balloons one by one. Mm-hmm. The tent was covered in a mesh net that fill, that the uh, filled balloons like went into okay. until, until it was time to release them all at once. Got it. Uh, while Treb was planning the logistics, children sold sponsorships to help raise money. Um, for $1, you can sponsor two balloons for the event. Oh, I know. Wow. <laughs> It's heartbreaking because I know it's not going to go well. <laughs> Jesus. It's terrible to laugh, but I, it's, what else are you going to do? Man? I mean, like, no one was like, you know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe we should, maybe this is literate. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. It's just, yeah. 
Well, judging by the number, 1.5 million, the children's labor paid off. Oh and that's, that's supposed to be a joke, but it sounds terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, after several hours, that mesh net was packed. And get this, it was three stories tall. Holy shit. She was ready to blow. Yeah. Now, the organizers thought of everything except, well, the weather. Okay. <laughs> and maybe because the company was from L.A., they didn't realize or remember that Ohio in September... It's kind of fallish, yeah. And it starts to get chilly, and the temperature, the temperature change brings some precipitation, yeah. And a rainstorm was on the horizon, and the organizers had to make a decision: okay. uh, do we reschedule? Do we postpone? Do we wait until after the storm that day, or just release them now since it seems everything was ready to go anyway? Okay. Um, and that's what they went with. Um, so before the storm, at about one fifty in the afternoon. Nearly 1.5 million balloons were released in the public square. Now, I'm going to show you two pictures. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you could describe the tent and then the release, that would be great. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're looking at the tent yeah. right now. That's what I'm looking at. And it looks like about four uh, like mesh uh, tube, sort of uh, clear mesh tubes, uh, above are holding all of these balloons full of helium that are are lifting the these mesh tubes up and above the tent yeah so it's like it looks like two things of like or it looks like four things of pantyhose filled with like tiny balls (laughs) yeah so and it's massive it definitely is a city block massive absolutely huge yeah um, now this is a photo of the release. I mean, it's like the most beautiful photo I've ever seen. It, <laughs> it, for it was worth it, maybe for this photo because it is balloons, every color looks like red, blue, yellow, white. Um, so actually, just those colors. There's a pink one. Um, <laughs> That's a shit ton. Shit ton. They're everywhere. They fill the entire sky. They're covering the skyline. It's gorgeous. Looks like yeah. a piece of art. Yeah. Uh, we'll put these photos on Instagram. And this beautiful yeah. shot was by Tom Sheridan. We'll put that up too. Well done. Um, yeah, for a moment it looked and probably felt like you were inside a Jackson Pollock painting, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, that second photo is gorgeous. But if you notice, the balloons, a lot of them are really low to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that they're everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're like by the water and roads and shit. And it's yeah. like a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. Quoting ultimateclassicrock.com again. Organizers expected the helium-filled balloons to stay in the air until eventually deflating and falling back to Earth. However, a cold front combined with rain caused the balloons to descend while still inflated. Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. The cold air pushed the balloons right back down and chaos reigned. Uh, Can you describe some of this home video that was captured uh, when this took place? Now, everybody, you can just go to YouTube and this is from Oscilloscope and it's you know, aptly called the doomed Cleveland Balloon Fest of 86. Oh my God. Is it weird that I'm really excited to watch this? (laughs) Uh, Let me increase the volume here. So this is like a home video, like somebody's dad took and it's on VHS. So it's grainy and it's like shaky, but you get the idea of like (laughs) what it's like when they're just, what came up came right back down. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Oh my god. What you hear is helicopters. We'll get into that later. <laughs> and what do you see? Here? Wow. Okay, so 
it kind of looks like yeah. the opposite of what you would expect. It looks like the sky is the, is releasing these balloons. Yeah. And they are hurling at like a quick rate right down to earth. <laughs> right. It looks like they're coming from the clouds and they're just right. whoosh. They're just flying down. It looks like hail. It looks like balloon-sized hail and it's like it's like <laughs> it's really creepy. It's been an exhausting... There you go. So, Also, I feel like this is something that would happen specifically in an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, 110%. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so you heard some helicopters and, it, you, you know, it was just a disaster. And here's why. Um, so, like you said, it was essentially raining, hailing balloons. Um, quote... The sight distracted motorists, causing numerous car accidents, car accidents in the surrounding Cleveland area. Streets and waterways were clogged with the decorations. Oh, God. The Burke, that's right, the Burke Lakefront Airport was forced to shut down for an hour and a half due to balloons on their runways. A mass of balloons landed on a pasture in Medina County, Ohio, spooking some Arabian horses located on the property, resulting in equine injuries. In quotes. Oh my God. <laughs> Horses got hurt somehow. Equine in- injury. <laughs> and that was also from ultimateclassicrock.com. Oh my God. So, car accidents, flight delays. The owner of the horses went on to sue United Way for 100 grand. Uh, they settled out of court. Uh, days after, balloons were reported washed ashore on the Canadian side of Lake Erie, so populate, uh, pollution galore. But most fucking tragic of all, two fishermen. Uh, Raymond Broderick and Bernard Zulser went out fishing the day before on September 26th, but didn't return that evening. Oh, no. Their families reported them missing, and authorities began looking that day and into Saturday, the 27th. Now, quoting Wikipedia, quote, re- uh, Rescuers spotted their 16-foot boat anchored west of the Edgewater Park breakwall. A Coast Guard search and rescue helicopter crew had difficulties reaching the area because of the asteroid field of balloons. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Sorry. I know. No, let it out. Let it out. <laughs> when the skies weren't clear enough, the helicopters finally made its way to the lake. But, quote, guard officials said balloons in the water made no. it impossible to see whether anyone was in the lake. End quote. Uh, that was from Wikipedia. Would you like to read from ultimateclassicrock.com as to why it was so impossible to yes. recognize anything? Yes. Okay. Uh, quote, It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, explained one of the authorities conducting the search. You're looking more for more or less a head or an orange life jacket. And here you have a couple hundred thousand orange balloons. It's just... Uh, hard to decipher which is which. So they yeah. look the same. They look the same from the air. Oh yeah. my god! So the search took longer than need be, and sadly, the bodies of the fishermen eventually washed up on shore. Jeez. The family of one of the fishermen sued the United Way of Cleveland and the organizer for three point two million, and they too later settled out of court. Um, so, yes, Cleveland got its world record and a brief moment of joy, but. It also probably lost all that money to lawsuits and may have killed two people. The end. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I just took off my glasses so I could put my face in my hand. Yep. I'm just, I, I uh-huh. I'm just floored. Yeah. I am just speechless. <laughs> I 
Yes. And I'm just... Uh, oddly entertained. Yes. It's, I can't believe it. So subscribe. If you like to <laughs> subscribe to this show because that's pretty much our, our episodes. Yeah. And that's where this year is going. Um, anything else? Marissa Riley. Oh, that's right. I'm Jill Chachin. Oh, yeah. I'm Marissa. I'm Marissa Riley. <laughs> that's right. Um, email us. Email us at we well, that's interesting pod at Gmail. We love you. And stay interesting. Please do.